Today on the Go for Bronze podcast, the Callisto Protocol season pass confuses many, including yours truly. Dead Island 2 has been delayed yet again. How much longer can we wait? Mark, while resilient last week, was finally broken by the God of War spoilers. You have stolen my dreams. Mark's dreams, specifically. Yoel still hasn't yet secured a Warzone 2 dub, and all of the hottest breaking news. Here are the guys. episode seven ladies and gentlemen we bring you here on the eve of thanksgiving i am joel torres and as always with me is mark ace Acevedo. yo so mark let's let's uh let's pick up where we left off last week with these uh god of war spoilers because we were about to chat before the show but i was like this uh, joe must joe actually being a good producer said save it for the show yeah let me let me rehash my my darkest hours here you know well Potentially, this is me being overly sensitive, but whatever the case is, I, I also want to say that I do. I can see you being overly sensitive with spoilers because you thought you thought that what I spoiled for Ghost of Tsushima was a big deal, and that's still not a big well, deal. Well, it is though, and that's still. It's not, but it's continuing. That's still that's, yet that's to be a, said. Which you know, what, I'm just going to go ahead and say what he's talking about because it's old <laughs> enough. It's not a story thing, but I know that the horse is going to die. And it was something about abilities you get later in the game. So it was about gameplay yeah. shit. It was about the horse mainly. Still gameplay shit. The horse dying, you get a new horse. Who gives a fuck? You fucking kill a hundred horses. In Regardless every of that, with Ghost of Tsushima, I didn't stop. Steal I didn't stop playing Ghost of Tsushima. The horse dying. That's a, that's a major plot point. You bond with these horses. If you have a horse, yeah. well, you do. It's Shut the fuck up, Dude, Joe. it always Any is. Any game with a horse every, that every dies, that's a big deal. Every game that has a horse that the... Everybody knows that. It is. Since Bonanza. It's... Look. Regardless... I believe it was a bigger deal. It was a bigger deal in oh. Red Dead 2 than it was in Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, and in, and in Red Dead, it doesn't even matter. No, Because you no. can just get another horse. In but it Red means Dead, more because if it's you done play better. if you play Red Dead properly, you go capture time. the White Arabian at the beginning and you ride this thing the whole the whole time. Yeah. Now that is it's a girl horse. Horse. That's <laughs> true, but it's it's different in the sense that it's like an actual Yeah, but like it's still not Dead, the same horse. I was horse. really attached but, to my horse. But it but in Ghost, it's of, still not the same. In Ghost of Tsushima, yeah, I love my horse. It's more similar to like Shadow of the Colossus. That's like I didn't know the horse size. Oh, no, but it's a spoiler, isn't it? You feel that it's a spoiler. Ah, I got you, didn't I? Because you said I didn't know that that was a spoiler. That's because that's a unique horse. That's fine though. But I spoiled a good anyway, game. I mean, Shadow anyway, of the anyway, anyway, anyway. Well, all that you have done to me is proven that <laughs> I had a valid point. And we are both seeing eye to eye here. Now, regardless, God of War has not been spoiled by you or anything like that. So the Ghost of Tsushima thing doesn't really matter. Plus, I didn't stop playing that <laughs> for that reason. Now, yeah. we'll share the blame. I ruined a portion of Dead Space 1 way back in the day for Joel. Not a big deal. Now, we've never spoiled the game for each other on a major point. It's only ever been minor things. It's only ever been the yeah. internet or exterior people. Now, we kind of went over this last time. Basically, though... Moving forward with this, I'm continually broken by God of War Ragnarok spoilers. I can't, I just can't like evade them. 
no matter what I do. So the the places that have been spoiling it for me is IGN has been a little bit flagrant with their headlines, not too not too flagrant, but a little bit enough. I think something got spoiled for me with one of the headlines. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so I did. I again, those ones are a little bit more vague. So that would be me being sensitive. I've had other things that were more just like boom, here it is. But yeah, so some of those headlines, I'm like. I know what you're doing here. Like you have to bait people to try to click your articles, but like relax, it hasn't been that long. On top of that, it's a fucking massive game. So I don't know how many people you think are able to just clear through it that fast. But the other places that I've been seeing it is God of War is officially a meme format. So be careful. Like people are just what does that mean? Like people are just using clips from God of War Ragnarok as memes, but they're like late game shit. Is it as good as the ghost meme? Because I really like it's that not meme. as good as the ghost meme because they're not funny. Because most of the time when I see one of those and you go to comments, people are just like, "Hey yo, spoiler!" Like everyone in all caps is like, "What the fuck are you posting this?" Ghost is like a freeze frame, and it doesn't matter. So I, I've that's an amazing meme though. I love the ghost is. meme. It's a fantastic. It is fantastic. Hoodville, meme. Hoodville definitely takes advantage of it, and they use it properly. They use it properly. I like it for sure. But yeah, God of War, I don't know. God of War is... What happened today? You said three more yeah, spoilers three or more. two more? You three s- more today. So vaguely, right? Obviously, I'm not going to give any details here. I have respect for everyone listening so you can enjoy it. But I've had a cutscene spoiled that I know is is probably late. I've had a boss fight. There's a lot of cutscenes in the I know, game, though. You but know? I'm saying... There's a lot of boss okay, fights. Okay, but think about when you haven't seen them, and then you know you're going to wait for them. I know, the I'm, fucking right. I'm fucking right, with you. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I am sensitive because I was really fucking excited for this game, and now it's on a back burner for me. And when games get on the back burner, sometimes I never return to them, so I'm worried that this is going to have that fate. And it doesn't... I mean... That is true, but honestly, it doesn't matter when you get to it. It's still going to be great. Like, I played Death Stranding for the first time this year, and it's still, like, was, like, You didn't have it spoiled for you. And you know that's true. Death Stranding's... Sorry, I didn't let you talk. I don't need to jump on the gun here. I'm getting all antsy. I know. It's okay. No, it's okay. It's okay. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I agree. I didn't get it spoiled, but... Because Death Stranding, oh, uh, continue because I continue because I want to know where you're getting your stuff spoiled at because I really haven't had much spoiled. The IGN um, headline article. I mean, we can, can we reference? Can I reference the thing I was talking about since you had a lot spoiled for you? Do you care? What do you mean? One of the headlines IGN talked about like a new weapon in God of War Ragnarok. I don't know what that is because I haven't encountered a new weapon, but I was I thought that that was probably the most spoilerly headline I kind of saw. Yeah. But even that, I was like kind of like. I was like, that kind of like made me a little more excited to like find whatever the new weapon is. But I was like, damn, it's probably a cool story moment where that happens. Mm -hmm. But I want to know where where are you getting where are you getting all your spoilers? So I've had a couple from IGN. Remember, I did have one (laughs) from uh, somebody in person. That's bullshit. There was one in person, and then I had a couple that have been in meme format on Instagram or other various sites. Now. Speaking kind of to what you said again vaguely, because I saw the same thing you did. Uh, I've had. I don't know what that's referencing, by the way. Well, yeah, but just like I've seen that same thing where it's like a weapon, mm-hmm. right? So I saw that same thing. I view that as a minor spoiler to me. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. technically that is a spoiler because you know you have the Leviathan axe and his Olympus blades. So now you're going to get something else. Blades of chaos. Or blades of blades chaos. Of chaos yeah. Before the internet rips. Yeah, you. thank you. But anyway, so. <laughs> 
you know that those are there and then mm-hmm. he's going to get something else. So like, okay, but not a huge deal. The thing for me more so is that I've seen numerous characters that I, I haven't met yet that I'm like, okay, well now I'm going to wait for that. And I've seen boss okay. fights where I'm like, now I'm going to wait for that. And I know they're not small boss fights is another important thing. Okay. I've seen bo- and I don't think this is a spoiler at all to say, but the boss fights I've seen that have been ruined for me are like, think about when you fight Balder in like God of War, like big moments like that. So I've had big okay. moments already ruined. So stuff like that has basically just had me like, okay, I'll get to it. And I, I, I mean, it's not like I deleted the game. I'm still going to play it. I'm just not like going to play it every day. Eager. Now. I'm not, that's not eager, the first yeah. thing you're going to play when you play it. When you play when you turn exactly. on the PlayStation five, that's not the first thing that you're like going to. Yes. Precisely. Well, yeah, but where where have you seen these spoilers? Has it been like YouTube? Combination or, has. If you I, want the breakout, it's Instagram, IGN, and then people in real life. That's been the breakdown of where I've seen spoilers. Not on YouTube, hmm. not on other platforms. Because I know the thumbnails get a little risky. Thumbnails sometimes. haven't been risky. Thumbnails haven't been risky also because I don't follow anyone on YouTube that would post stuff like that. And. But that, actually, you know, it's funny. I was going to say that. I think that you're occurring more spoilers because I think you follow more gaming-oriented content. But it's funny you say that. So, but the, the, that's actually, yeah, what you're saying is interesting. The spoilers that I'm getting are the what we, you know, what we say is the filthy casuals, the 70%, Oof. because they're memes that 70%. aren't even on gaming-related channels. Okay, so that's so like Nugget is posting <laughs> Not, the God of There War is a different meme account that I don't, you probably don't follow because you haven't seen them, but there is an account that is normally really good, but is like, yo, stop posting. Is that the one that you and Alex like a lot? Maybe. I mean, there's a ton of them, but that, that's where I've been, I've been getting them from, basically. Okay. And so. So yeah, that's weird. That's definitely like where you're not. It's it's weird where you know not to have your guards up because even on YouTube, like I've carefully scroll. Exactly. I make sure I never click on anything. You God don't of search War, anything. I don't want anything. God of War. Yeah, until I'm beating the mm-hmm. game, I don't search anything like that. But I have noticed that like I feel like IGN is basically like, hey, motherfucker, you got a week to beat the game, and then we're just gonna start opening up the headlines with spoilers. Yeah, because I've noticed that with other games, but since God of War is kind of long, I mean, I'm it only. Is long. 15 hours i'm only 15 hours in and i probably feel like i'm maybe like a third of the third of the way through the story that's like at the most that was that's also another thing for me is that i know the game is long so when but i'm also doing every side quest too i I come across and i'm trying to do like all and every time i find a chest i'm dedicated on like you know you know fucking doing all the stupid puzzles and shit they're not stupid i I love the game by the way i am having a great time with the game and mark doesn't so do i i also love the game i've broken yeah i also love the game i'm just annoyed by it yeah absolutely you're correct i also love the game it's that's why they frustrate me if i didn't like it then Mm -hmm. they wouldn't frustrate me exactly but now you get to play gotham knights yeah (laughs) unspoiled you know it's funny i had the whole game spoiled for me because i saw a game ranks video where they were talking about like I was either Game Ranks or Jason Baldine. Is that his name? Right? Yeah, Kirk? yeah, yeah. Uh, Jake Baldino. <laughs> Jake Baldino. Yeah, I was watching. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> You're good. Uh, I was watching. I was watching a video with them because they were just talking about it, like how shitty it was and like what the story could have been better. And I was like, I, I, I was like, I'm probably never gonna play this game, or you know. And then I was like, eh, I'll have the whole thing spoiled for me. And I know, like, like I know, like a major thing in that game, but. I'm still interested to play it, but it's a different type of game where it's like 
God of War Ragnarok is one of these cinematic games where like the story matters. Obviously, the gameplay is excellent. Obviously, the visuals, everything is excellent. But the what really makes like what separates Sony first party games is that their stories are amazing and that they're well written, well voice acted and stuff like that. So having the story kind of spoiled for that sucks like spoiling fucking mario being like mario saves peach at the end of the game is not that big of a spoiler because that's about the gameplay experience god of war is a weird balance of both because the gameplay experience is still incredible but the story is really what keeps on pushing me like every time i end the game i'm like fuck i can't wait to get back and like continue the story yeah no i mean i absolutely agree again with games that have been spoiled for me that have actually made me stop playing them it's only ever been games like you're saying where the the narrative is so important but i.e the other really example is red dead 2 where it's like yeah yes it's a fantastic game on all accounts but the narrative is a huge part of it and having the climax of the narrative ruined for me totally had me like okay well i'll get to it at some point but but the ending makes sense for playing red dead 1 like it's not yeah no 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 but you know that it's like details. halfway through the the deep the thing is you knew like exact, know exact details, details for how events happen but the ending of red dead 2 shouldn't be shocking for anybody who played red dead 1 no but again details and you know details are important and let's not ignore yeah, the fact it gives that again for me this was within the first week of the game coming out that's my thing because that definitely takes like the like the if, if it's sales. like a couple months after then i know it's on me but if mm-hmm. it's like the first week, I'm like, I didn't have 75 hours even in the week to do this. So there's like nothing you can do. And especially with like, uh, I don't know, it's it's going to happen every now and then. But it's annoying that something that I we were talking about yesterday is that this doesn't really happen with games that are not given like that 10 number or something crazy. Yeah. Even if they're fantastic games, there's just a specific thing that i don't know if it brings the worst out of people but there's something that comes out of people when a game is given a 10 or it's just like being reviewed as like a must play that people feel like they have to spoil it or ruin it i think it's a tad bit of a sony first party thing because even the xbox game pass game pension that has a 10 i haven't heard any fucking that's true. granted that's not the same scale at all and that's not a widespread 10 heard- that's an IGN ten, but it has like sixes and other mediocre. Oh, really? Yeah, that's actually okay. so. It's not so. It's not like critical, like yes. critically acclaimed across all things. Exactly. Okay, good to know that IGN's in the pocket of Microsoft. But um, yeah, no, I saw that. Was, I thought that was weird. So I just wanted to yeah share that. But but um but yeah, like I think it has to do so with Sony first party specifically, just because even like the Last of Us Part Two like was blatantly spoiled. Like yeah, that, that was, was a, like very like. That was leaked ahead. Like a lot of the first party games, I feel like get it, but it's weird because then like Ghost of Tsushima, like you said, it was like it was just underneath the ten. It was like a nine, eight point five in most people's eyes. Nobody spoiled that except me when I talked about the. And your spoiler was minor and not the reason that I stopped playing it. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it's weird because because like yeah, it's weird because there's certain games All like right. uh, even Celeste, like that got a ten. Nobody was out here trying to spoil that. It's I think it's a Sony first party thing for yeah, real. But- and it's also a game specifically that's been hyped. You know, uh, you know what's also that's just it really just came came out of nowhere. I just remembered this, and this will this will bring you back to uh, I won't name the person, but there's somebody oh, that we knew. I will I remember. There's, it. Huh? 
I will if I remember. Uh, so there's there's a person that we knew uh, during the PS3 generation who, as soon as The Last of Us came out, that you remember oh, on oh PS3 on PlayStation 3, you could put a little, <laughs> you could put like a comment above like your uh, account. So when you would go to your friends list, there'd be like a little speech bubble, and this person put the last spoken dialogue line of The Last of Us the first week that the game was out, and it's like how. It was I swear. It was I swear, right? exactly. Of course, no spoiler or anything like that now. But like you put some shit up like that. It's like, what are you doing? You're not You remember that. It's now, funny right? though, that was but that was really it was a spoiler in terms of what that's the last thing he said, but it was kind of cool when you beat it because you're like, oh, he was trying to be a dick. It, yeah. But it was kind of cool now because I but, get it. That was but like you still a weird, knew that it was I to wasn't be a too, dick. It was it was mainly to be a dick, but it was kind of cool because then I was like, oh, now I get the now I gotta get the inside thing because I because I remember seeing that and I was like, what the fuck is I swear? I was like, is he like fucking going through like a midlife crisis in like middle school? Like that's weird to have I swear as your thing. I remember mine was like PlayStation Vita for like a long. Yeah, time. Yeah, I don't remember mine. What mine's was probably probably changed mine up a lot. But anyway, uh, if you're if you're playing God of War and you cannot spoil it for people around you, just do that. Let them beat it first. I'd say. Yeah, just be a better person. I'd say for any game that has a story worth Ace. paying attention to, at least for a year, don't spoil it. I'd say after a year, do whatever you want, but I'd say within the first year, you know. I feel like you can always just hit it with the spoiler warning. Yeah, like if you, we talk about a game on this podcast and we want to talk about the ending, we'll just be like, hey, spoiler warning skip like two minutes Yeah, spoiler ahead. warning is totally fine. So yeah, give a spoiler warning. If you're somebody who writes headlines, don't fucking write it in the headline just because you need somebody to engage with your shit. Also, IGN was posting fucking like Instagram videos and they were like, just spoiler warning and then went right into the yeah. video because they auto play on you. And I'm like, yo, what are y'all doing right now? Like, chill out. That's the technicality. Show. Like, like, they, oh, they, put yeah, they think they, yeah, like, no, you gave me two seconds to fucking scroll. Yeah, so anyway, it, it's, but, it's crazy out here and uh, it is what it is, but it is I got what it shot is in the back the, the other world. week and then I just got completely gunned down continuously. I'm still on the ground. That's sad. But you know what's even sadder, Mark? Is I still can't win in Warzone you 2. You win. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm you are still... the only one in the squad that does not have a dub, but we will carry you to the promised land. Wow! Mm. I don't know. I feel like I was playing like ass. Yeah, I mean, I was playing like... I played I, I played solid in the beginning when we and you were playing, and then once Joe got on, I was too fucking tired, and I was just... I was just, you know, I was staying up to hopefully be carried to a dub, but I feel like I was playing pretty solid at the end. I feel like if also we had an ending game, ending circle, precision airstrikes in Warzone 2, way too fast. Come in way too fast and are also way too I strong. will say, I think that they do come in quickly. The strength, if you're outside, I think is perfectly fine. The major problem I will say about airstrikes is when you're indoors, they still fucking kill you. Which, which is, is complete bullshit. Absolutely agree. Fully. And actually, I was playing today, and how you were saying that the like just the experience in general for Modern Warfare Two has been buggy for for you with campaign stuff that I didn't experience. But I wasn't saying that they didn't exist today. Actually, playing Warzone, I had a couple of bugs that were infinitely frustrating, where I had to back out of the game and come back. I had one where I didn't even have my loadout or perk package, but. Uh, the high alert ping, that like orange flash that you get on the side of the screen where someone's looking, was constantly yeah. flashing. But I didn't even have the perk, and nobody was looking at me, so I just had to ignore that the whole game. And then I had another game where I was playing, and I got shot, 
And you know how, you know, in Call of Duty, when you get shot, you get the you get the jelly on your screen. So the jelly yeah. got on my screen and then it was like flashing red like I was getting shot, but it was continuously like I was getting shot even when I wasn't. So there's some shit they need mm. to get ironed out for sure. And Joe accidentally fucking queued up goddamn third person. So that was like, that was an internal bug within the squad. Yeah, that was an internal bug. That was an inside but- job. <laughs> and then players have been being hey, invisible, I guess, a, but that they was a fun mode. That. I would like to say that yeah. we, we almost, we almost took that one home. We almost brought home the bacon. I think we on finished that. like twenty fifth. Wow, setting yourself up with the sound it's all effects. About I like it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, if we won, like I said, if we won, that would have been the meta from here on out that we're playing third person, but we lost, so that's it. Yeah, true. I, we're I don't know anyone else that secured a dub though, like personally, than just me, uh, my brother, and Joe. You know what sucks is I always feel like me and you, our first game we play on duos is like our best shot. Like we always finish like top 10, top five. It's over. And then after that, it's always like a steep decline. Because our first game, I thought we were going to fucking win. And I think we finished seven. Well, skill based. That's over, always the case. Jay. You play good and get far. And true. then they put you in a harder lobby. And then we just get the fucking throttle thrown yeah, so on us. Statistically, that's that's just known to be the case. That that's that. However, I did put it in the group chat. A very detailed meta breakdown. We'll be all set. You We're watch good. my back. Every I day watch we get further. Oh, exactly. I was a little disappointed though that there's no good snipers in the meta. Like there's it was one. like the third tier that it was. But there's not many. Was You're third right. Or... Yeah, because I, 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 I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of sniping, and I've noticed in the game I'm getting a few headshots, and it's just breaking plates. And in Black old Warzone, if you got a clean headshot, it would put you down. Yeah, properly. that's true. Your life is nothing. That is not but, the uh, case. But enough Warzone. I mean, we we we're, we're going to talk about that game until the until the end of the time until Warzone three comes out in twenty thirty. But uh, what what else have you been playing this week, Mark? Yeah, so I've been playing a handful of games lightly. The one that I'll probably talk the most about though is Evil West. Came out yesterday, so I bought mm-hmm. Evil West and I've been playing that. I probably maybe like two or three hours, and I've done about five missions or five levels of it, and I like it. It's a lot of fun. It, it meets my expectations and surpasses them slightly but i know what i'm getting going into it i know that it's flying wild hog i played all the shadow warrior games and i know that they are good and combat is excellent but i'm not expecting a whole lot above that okay um and then this also this also segues into a lot of other things i want to talk about playstation stars black friday deals and me being a dumb fuck so we recently went on a on a you know we we in, we in, we dipped our toes into the Black Friday deals as as many of you will be doing this God week. God of War sent me over the edge and, uh, again. That's what pushed me to God the store. God of War sent Mark over the edge. So he went to the store. He bought Evil West. That's great. He bought Gotham Knights. That was just because it was part of a PlayStation Quest. And then I was like, "Fuck, let me get something. Let me get on in this, you know, because you know once your other, you know." We, we motivate each other to make decisions. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to get new Tales of the Borderland because I was on the PlayStation like questing and then I got Destroy Humans uh, 2 because I love the first two games when they came out. I played those on Xbox One. I'm sorry. I know it's the PlayStation podcast, but that's what I did. I was, I was blind at the time. But I brought new Tales of the Borderland and it did hold not on. Hold on, register. Hold on. Xbox One or you mean Xbox 360? 
no Xbox, like the original Xbox. My bad. Oh, I don't like know what a, to call like it. OG Xbox. Yeah, and it's like, it's like Xbox, Xbox One One for real, for real. For okay, real, for real, real for real. Xbox gotcha. One. Yeah, because you said Xbox One, and I was like, this motherfucker ain't ever have an Xbox One. I was gonna say you had one and didn't play Horizon with me. I'll kill you. <laughs> no, 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 no. But uh, I, I brought new tales for the borderline because I was on the list. But you know what my dumbass didn't do? I didn't hit start. So I bought the game and it didn't register on the quest. Damn. And I just feel like a fucking dumbass. But I did get coins and I did buy all the rest of the things that I can afford in my the little rewards. shop. Like it doesn't offer anymore. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't offer me any other collectibles. Same. But uh, but yeah, I wanted to share that with you on the show. Gotcha. And then how do you think about you? How do you think about me being a fucking um, idiot not hitting that start I button? Because think- I didn't know. I think that's annoying because there's some quests where you have to do it and there's some quests where you don't have to do it and fucking fuck PlayStation for not retro- retroactively like giving me that I, shit. Okay, so, uh, well, so two two parts of this. Number one, I'll go ahead and double down and say that you definitely should have checked. But <laughs> then I will go ahead and back that, back that statement up a little bit and give you a little bit of support by saying that with that retroactive thing, I, like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is on that list. So theoretically, that mm-hmm. should have just cleared because I when I bought that, but then yeah. I have to backtrack on that statement yet again because when you pre-order a game, they give you a separate campaign for it. So when I pre-ordered MW2, they threw me a separate campaign giving me a higher reward than I would have gotten anyway. And I believe with God of War Ragnarok, if you haven't already, at some point you will get a campaign that'll give you a reward because you pre-ordered it. So mm-hmm. I agree that there are some little weird things my biggest frustration still is just that it doesn't have integration on the console but besides that i mean playstation stars is fun i'm having a good time with it like you said me and you now have both cleared the rewards that are there so my coins are stacking and i'm not that far away from getting actual like the five dollar or the twenty dollar amount so it's not too bad to get really honestly they give you a decent amount when you buy games like when i bought those two games yesterday i got like 800 something points it's just per the price of the game I think mm-hmm. so because when I pre-ordered or when I bought uh, Gotham Knights yesterday for like 40 bucks, it gave me like 400 something coins. So uh, I think it, it, it's, okay, it's like every 10 points is like a hundred. Yeah. Every $10 is like a hundred yeah, points. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. So, but it's a good time. Yeah. And so now we have these, uh, this extra little pop of games. Yeah, but it sucks because you're level three and I wanted to be fucking level three level and I'm three. not because I didn't complete the quest. Yeah. Well, the level is not tied to your quest at all. Your level what your level is... Okay, so your level is a breakdown of games purchased. So level one is one game, level two is two games, level three is four, and then so on. Mm. But it's... So I need to buy four? I, I, I got another game That is true, but it's not just games. It's a games and rare trophies earned. So you have to pass those two thresholds. So for example, right now I'm level three. To be level four, I need to have purchased four games, which I've done, so it's at 404. And then I had to have earned 128 rare or I think it's uncommon or higher trophies. It's rare for, for the, I'm looking at it right now, for me to be level three, I have to comp- get 32 rare or above trophies. Okay. So I don't know if it changes with the third to f- three to four, but... Yeah, three to so four is out of seventeen at thirty-two. Damn, but I'm okay. at ninety-nine. So but I think when you get to level four, it doubles up the amount of coins and shit that you earn. Right? Uh, there's like probably. a special perk where it doubles up. Something. I know that when you hit, but either I know way, that when you hit the highest ranks, there's like secret things that it kind of just throws to people. So it'll definitely be fun to get there. 
This is definitely a very fun side metagame. And it's kind of like... It's the addition to trophies that I wish... That's why I wish it was more integrated into the actual UI of PlayStation 5. Because it's kind of like the little extra thing that they could... It's like the perfect innovation on trophies. Because it's like collectibles, which trophy hunters like me and you, we love fucking getting trophies because they're rare and this and that. And it kind of rewards that style of gamer. It rewards the OCD... Fucking, I gotta get all these stupid fucking little collectibles, even though they're digital, whatever, they're not real, but for some reason it feels good getting that. And it kind of feeds that, the you know, your trophy rank, your PlayStation Stars level. They kind of feed within each other, and I wish it was more integrated because it's like the perfect addition of what I wanted for trophies. Like the perfect innovation that would have been great. I'd like launch a PS5. Yeah, I agree. I think it's fantastic. I agree with everything that you're saying. It, it's a good... It's a good addition for sure. And it just adds to the the completeness that you feel. Like one of the best parts of completing a Platinum is just seeing that it's completed and you're getting the most out of your game. And another mm-hmm. thing with PlayStation Stars that I'll say is, is like, is it true that I've bought these games to complete some of these campaigns? Yeah. So that means that it's working for them because this is giving them what they want. But at the same time, you know, throughout all the years that we've been playing, there's been plenty of times. We buy That's games. what I'm saying. I was going to say that for anyone who might want to use that as an argument to be like, oh, well, this is how you get you. First of all, that is one way of looking at it. But the reality is, is I've been buying stupid and shitty games on sales my entire life. The only difference is, yeah. is now I'm getting something out of it that is more fun. And on top of that, this is where patience comes into key because these games like Tales from the Borderlands and Ghost uh, Gotham Knights and... Yeah, and a bunch of these other games, you could have purchased them earlier, but if you waited, then you got a heavy discount on them. So it like less than yeah, a month. It's just really fun. I really like it. Like you're saying, it's yeah. just a really nice thing to look at in addition to trophies. And it almost motivates me more to get more trophies because you need that to to continue to progress. So it's nice. It's really nice. I wish we had this when we were in high school because I would have fucking just give me more time. I guess we didn't have money. So yes, college, there you go. I was going to say, I would time. feel a shittier being in high school and being like, I can't even level this up because I can't buy a game. But yeah, so in college would have been perfect. I'm just for happy because we had all the time. That's true. And it, yeah, it's just, you know, it's one of the highlights of PlayStation. They're not doing everything correctly at the moment, but the PlayStation Star thing, I think, is getting, excuse me, underrated in its love Best. that it deserves. Yeah. You know? That was the basic I one. I agree. But, um, but yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to talk about what you've been playing this week. I played more God of War Ragnarok. You kind of heard my opinions at the top of the show. Love the game. Having a great time. Every time I stop playing it, I want to just, I can't wait to get back to it. So that's kind of where I'm at. Until I beat it, I really can't, I don't think my opinion's going to change that much. I just want to want to see how it concludes and if it's going to satisfy me or not. Yeah, I feel that. I don't think I have too much more to say. Evil West is good. Quake is good. Love Doom. It's like Doom, but it's fantasy and it's 3d and gotham knights is gotham knights the only thing i will say about it quickly is that i know that there's a lot of there was i mean a ton of stuff going on about the fact that it's 30 frames you notice that it's 30 frames but i will say that the game looks really good and specifically the city looks fantastic and you can tell that it's a very large map and i know that they said that it's like fully loaded at all times so when i played it i felt like honestly cutting it a little bit of slack for the frame rate thing just based on the city. And I'm not saying that the game is good or great. I'm just saying city alone. I think the city looks very good. The other thing I will say actually quickly though is the bike is fucking 
hilarious. You know that you're going slow as shit and all they do is add like a graphic on the outside of the screen that makes it look like you're going fast, but you know you're not. See, that's what I'm saying. The frame rates matter. Uh, that's not I about mean, the frame I'm not rate, saying, though. You're not saying... That's not about frame rate. You don't no, think I, so? I know it's not about the frame rate because it's... Think about like racing games. Older racing games might not have been 60, but you know you're going fast. Like you can tell the bike itself is not moving quickly. It's not a frame thing. Like when you're going past traffic, you're like barely going faster than the fucking traffic. And it's extremely noticeable after having the tank in Arkham Knight. So, but there's a lot of comparison videos that show Arkham Knight versus Gotham Knights and show how much better Arkham is, even though it's so much older. Yeah, I'm excited to, you know, dip my it's toe co-op. into Gotham Knights. All these games that I it actually got are co-op. I know, I you know it's crazy. I didn't know Evil West was co-op. I was talking to a coworker and I was like, "Oh yeah, now I have access to Evil West." And then he was like, "Oh, that's co-op." And I was like, "What the fuck? I didn't hear anything about that." But apparently it, it is. It is co-op. Now, I will say it's co-op, but I'll give the caveat of just anyone wondering, the kind of co-op it is is if I join on Joel's campaign, for example, I will not get any of the save game progress. And I will get mm. coins and I will get XP to use for upgrades. But when I'm playing with you, I won't have any of the abilities from my own game. It will like change my stats to be your stats when I join. So definitely not ideal. Yeah, so, so it, it's like campaign kind of... <laughs> it's like Far Cry co-op, exactly. right? It's like if, Far Cry was kind of yeah, like that It's like shit. if you want to hang out with the homies, but like you're not going to get any real like progression. And the trophy list doesn't... The trophy list is actually pretty nice. It's very simple, but there's not really any motivation to need to play it on co-op versus just like, yeah, if you were playing it and I was like, I love this game so much, I want to play it with you. Mm. All right. Well, so it sounds combat like we wrapped up everything though. we talked about. The combat's good. That's great. We'll dive more into those games and have more to say next week, but let's get on into these topics. Topicos. All right. Yeah, let's start off with uh, what you heard a little bit at the top. So the Callisto Protocol Season Pass has been detailed, and it has some confusing information. And as I was writing this into the show notes here, there were live updates from the director, Glenn Schofield, at Striking Distance Studios on Twitter. So basically what's going on here is the Season Pass was detailed, and this is as follows. The Season Pass will include a story-driven DLC, the Outer Waste Skin Collection, and two other content bundles. The Contagion Bundle includes 13 new death animations alongside what sounds to be like the game's most difficult mode. The Contagion Mode has reduced ammo and health drops, a customized difficulty, permadeath, and another skin collection. The Riot Bundle includes what sounds like a survival mode for Callisto Protocol, gathering credits to upgrade your weapons or forge new ones, and survive the onslaught as long as you can in Riot, is what the Steam page says in this announcement. The Riot Bundle will also include 12 new enemy death animations and the Engineer Skin Collection. Now, what I want to say here before getting into Glenn Schofield's tweet is the confusion was that this was originally reported by IGN, who had wrote this to say that these new death animations, like if you want to see these death animations, they won't be in the base game. You need to have the season pass, implying that it's content cut from the original base game. Now, what Glenn Schofield said on Twitter is he said, and this is a quote, to be clear, we're not holding back anything from the main game for the season pass. We haven't even started work on this content yet. It's all new stuff that we'll be working on in the new year. Fans have asked for even more deaths, so we're making it a priority next year. I will say that I think that is bullshit 
Now, the reason why I also <laughs> say that is because talking about me talking about how much I've enjoyed playing Last of Us Part 2 recently is because I've been playing the most difficult mode. It kind of, this isn't about the death animations, but it honestly does bother me that this is saying that they have a harder difficulty that is going to be something that's behind a season pass when really, you know, a harder difficulty is probably just reduced resources and maybe enemies do more damage. So I feel weird about that. The death animations are kind of whatever. I don't know if I feel like they're blocked out, but I still feel like that's kind of a weird thing to have to pay for. So I I feel like it's just a little bit unfortunate. This doesn't I, this doesn't like push me off the edge of being like, I'm not going to play it day one, but it definitely makes me feel like, oh, okay, well, if I do wait, then I will get a whole package later that I could potentially enjoy more. But I don't, what do you think about this? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's not ideal. Obviously, it's not like the best news to hear. It doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't piss me off as much as it seems to piss off a lot of people. Just because the core game experience seems to still kind of be intact. I know the more depth animations is cool. And then a harder game difficulty is also cool. But I'm also not somebody who likes to play. I wouldn't play anything on. I won't play anything on a hard difficulty unless there's a trophy now, really attached to it. And knowing this is the platinum is probably not. Doesn't require now, that. Funny you say that. What I will say is part of the confusion about the death animations was that there is a trophy in the game to see all character death animations. So that was also part of the confusion. It's like, okay, well, there's a trophy tied to it. So is this what this means? Now, it's important to say that we're seeing the updates on this. But prior to Glenn going to Twitter, the only thing that we had was IGN's report, which was saying that these were... Basically, like if you bought the season pass, then you would just have more content in the game is what they made it sound like, which is not the case. But regardless, Mm -hmm. I do think it's a little bit strange. And I really don't like the difficulty thing. I don't adding to me, adding a permadeath mode or a harder difficulty or a speed run timer. Those are not add ons to a game. They're just there. I really don't see how they are. I feel like it's become commonplace though in the industry for like at least specific like it has your standard, you know, easy, normal, hard, and then like a crazy difficulty comes on later, and I feel like that kind of like it motiv- like not you were motivated to go back to Last of Us Part Two because of the trophies, not the harder difficulty, but it gives you something more to chew on if you want to go back and play That's the game. That's true, but think about it. It's this is all pre-release too. He's saying it's not worked on yet, but again, this is pre-release, and it's only becoming standard. But that doesn't mean it's a good thing. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, that's, you know what I'm saying? That's true. But I'm just saying where it's like, it's not, I don't know. For me, it's not the end of the world because I know a lot of games do do that or the new game plus. And I think it's a bigger issue with Callisto Protocol just because the game is short. Usually where you see that, the addition of harder difficulties or new game plus is like a game that's like a fucking like, like I'm thinking specifically like Assassin's Creed games. Like I feel like they add the new game plus later or even like Horizon adds the new game plus later. Like these are open world RPGs that are going to take a long ass time. And even Last of Us Part 2, I mean, that's a pretty sizable game. It's definitely in like the 20 plus hours. So adding the new difficulty and stuff like that kind of gives you like a reason to return to those games and stuff like that. Callisto Protocol, I mean, I hope that it's like 12, 15 hours, but... but. I don't know exactly how long Let's it say, is. Let's say even talking in that context, though, Last of Us 2's Grounded was free. This is behind a paywall. 
Now that's so, a different part of it. Now the fact that it's behind a paywall. So is this is behind a paywall. That is different. And then, so I guess that that is kind of more. So that's kind of more so where I was getting at was. And, but then also with like a permadeath thing, right? Okay, well if you die, then that means that your game restarts over. Is that really something that you'd have to pay for, or takes additional time? I can't imagine it would, right? I hope that's not tied to the fucking trophies because yeah. that's what fucked me in Dead Space 2. I would assume that it's not going to be now. At least you can assume it's not going to be because if it is part of Season Pass or content release later, then it can't be part of the original trophy list. So you know that it won't be. Yeah. So there's at least But yeah, that. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's a weird slimy kind of... It's just annoying when games hold back information so like... Because they knew about of this. Course. They knew about this when they were... They knew like people were two years ago when excited they, for this too, and this is a little yeah, wrinkle. And it's the same thing with Gotham Knights with holding back the 30 frames thing until like the week it launches. So it's annoying that like, you know, game developers and companies as a whole are kind of like they withhold information until the very end. Uh, is it going to really impact my enjoyment of Callisto Protocol? Probably not that much, honestly. And am I still not as excited? Am I just, I'm the same level of excitement. This doesn't make me not want to get the game. It does just make me kind of be like, fucking, I thought you guys were going to be like good. You That's know? the thing. Like they had like, they thought they were going to have the gamers in like, in like the forefront. Like, you know, like I think like a company we're going to talk about later. CD Projekt Red, I think is definitely, even though they did fuck us with CD, with Cyberpunk. Everything else, especially with The Witcher 3, the way they've been supporting that with so much free stuff, kind of seems like a gamer first uh, company where like you would assume this is an independent company as well. You would be like, oh, you guys are going to be gamer first, extra deaths, uh, new difficulties. That sounds like that sounds like an easy fucking freebie. Good press. Like, why are you fucking it up? We we here especially are not you know, expecting to be like, oh, well, you know, I want all my games for a dollar and I'm not going to pay for it. We're not like that at all. However, there is certain things that I don't really think should be paid for. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. with single player games, why the fuck are you giving us skins and making us pay for them? Nobody else is going to see it. Arguably, you might not even see it depending on the perspective that the game takes place. I think about when I think about this, I think about when Resident Evil 4 was like pre-order this version and we'll give you the extra attache case and a charm. (laughs) Fucking well, maybe I just have it as an unlockable. How many people are really pre-ordering it because they need that? And if I mean, if you're ordering it because like you need that, I mean, come on. I think the best reason to pre-order games nowadays Reviews come out early. It's good. You preload it the day you, the day it comes out. You can just Agreed. play it. That's the biggest factor. You can give me any fuck. You can say whatever fucking tache, fucking weapon charm, new skin, mini disc, CD, soundtrack, whatever the fuck you want to say. I don't give a shit about any of that. I just care about having access on it day one early. And- not early, but you know, as soon as twelve hits, it unlocks. And, you and nobody play. has ever listened to the soundtrack that they give you ever. Never. I don't even know how to do it's that. It's an app. Like, legitimately, Normally it's a separate downloadable app that you can start. You don't. You know. You know that when you're downloading it, you see the things that come with it, and you make sure that you don't download that because you know that you don't need exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't yeah. know. 
closer protocol seems like you're kind of fucking up your mark you're fucking up your own Agreed. marketing for this game which is stupid because yes. it had nothing but goodwill within like the gaming community i feel like everybody was very much like we were talking about this like this is probably not a game that people are going to purposely spoil because it seems like the underdog even though it's like a multi-billion not multi-billion multi-million dollar project but they seem like the underdog especially with dead space remake coming out everybody wants this to be better than a dead space remake to be like a fuck you to ea and yada 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 but then you're not going to do this dumb shit. This is just purely dumb. Now, the other stuff they're talking about, the Riot game mode and all that shit, if you want to make that, you want to pay for that, that's fine. You can you can charge for that. That better be fully developed, though. That better not be some like, half-assed bullshit. But you can charge for that if you want So, to. yeah, I agree. Totally fine. I'm fine with the survival mode. Great. Uh, story-driven DLC. Love it. I have no issues with that at all. Mm-hmm. Even the... You know, even the skin things, I don't want them. And I did just complain about them. But if I'm buying a season pass and they're fine for me, the like game modes and things where where I because we're you know, we're not developers. So maybe we don't know the back end. But I can tell you this. I definitely know that reducing resources that spawn is not something that takes a whole dev cycle. You're going to come out with multiple difficulties. So whatever sliders you have for those difficulties, you're probably just going to slide them a little more for that hardest one. That being said, my real issue with this is the idea that your game only gets one first first time impression when people are excited for it. Just, I mean, why don't you release the game and then either day of release or a week after or something be like, hey, by the way, in the season pass, here's what what's in it. Like you can have a pre-order bonus, right? Exactly. So like if you get a skin pack or something as a pre-order bonus, sure, say that and say that there's a season pass, then detail the season pass a little bit after the game comes out because then you wouldn't have a confusion Mm -hmm. of if stuff is getting blocked out of the main game. And if your game is good, people have already played it and love it and maybe they'll buy the season pass. So yeah, this is just don't market it this way. If this is your idea of trying to get that extra 10 or 20 bucks out of people prior to the game coming out, I don't really know how that's working for you. If anything, people might see this, get confused, and then not purchase the game at all. And then you're totally losing out. So Definitely. And also, uh, this is a side note. I agree this is bullshit. But I am interested to see what the engineer skin is because that's clearly an homage to Isaac, it sounds like. Well, yeah. Just a, just a side note. And I saw that and I was like, oh, I wonder what that skin looks like. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really curious. Uh, I'm excited. I'm curious to see how many parallels there are. Like, we know gameplay wise, there's going to be a ton of parallels, but I'm wondering even if, like, because I don't really know where the story is going to go. And I'm wondering if the story is going to be like, bro, this is literally Dead Space. I'm just, I'm interested. What happens if this? I think, though, I think it's it's good for them that they're coming up before the remake, Absolutely. but like, I feel like they have to kind of, they have to come with some, they have to come correct. Like, cause the dead space remake is coming and we know dead space is like, dead space is my favorite survival horror game of all time. So that's like, you're remaking a classic, not saying Callisto protocol has to be a certified classic, but it has to be a certified banger. Cause if it's like mid at all, if it starts getting like seven and everybody's like the, it's like the story they're like the story makes no fucking sense and this and that it's just like horror bullshit and then it's like you know they kind of put themselves in a tight in a they they, they you know they're gambling a little we, bit not me and you specifically but the royal like us put them in a tight spot we saw it and we got mega hype so it just has a lot of excitement about it now yeah Definitely. The way that I think about it a little bit differently is when I think about overhyping games is when I think about people thinking about like cyberpunk I don't feel no, no man's that, yeah, that kind of That's thing. definitely I overhyped. I think the 
the difference between this and those games is that this isn't doing a concept that I view as revolutionary. So I don't, they almost don't even have a reason to mess it up. Yeah. Like the, I don't, and I'm, besides I, I, a bad I don't story, think it's gonna I don't be think it'll be up. fucked up either, yeah. but I'm just saying that this marketing is confusing and I am expecting a banger to a certain level. I'm not saying it's gotta be perfect, but I'm definitely expecting a great game. Nothing less than great. Me too. And you know what else you can expect in 2028, Mark? Maybe a new console. Now, so talking about this, yeah, let's get into this because uh, it seems like the analysis that you come to go for Bronze 4 was yet again correct, and this will come back up in a minute here. So Xbox and PlayStation don't expect to launch new consoles until at least 2028 documents reveal. So continuing on with this Activision deal with Microsoft, they've been in talks with various entities about the validity of solidifying the deal and so basically there's been a lot of banter from both playstation side and both microsoft sides on various topics so i'm just taking out little snippets of it and so basically this is a microsoft quote that i'm going to read now it says the parties saying microsoft's and activision do not dispute that some of the portion of gamers are likely to reassess their console ownership at the start of a new generation And it says, but they also note that this is an event that only occurs approximately every eight years. And so now this is another quote from Microsoft where they say, like, indeed, the next new generation of consoles are not expected to be released before the fall of 2028 at the very earliest. Now, to give some context on this, the reason why I say that, like, oh, well, I guess I was kind of right about this is, of course, the big issue with this Activision deal is Call of Duty, right? And when we're thinking about, me and Joel were talking about the cycle that Call of Duty is on now, where there won't be one released next year, but there will be one released 2024, and then they're going to be on two-year cycles, which would leave 2028 as a year for a new launch. But also, there's been talks about the length of the PlayStation exclusivity deal, where I was saying that I bet you if it's going to end, which I still don't think it will, but if it was going to end it will probably end around 2028 when the generation was switched because that's when people reassess it. And this is confirming exactly what I said. If that is the case, Mm -hmm. I don't think that it's going to be exclusive, but I did say that if they were going to make it exclusive, it would make sense to do it at a time when people would have to decide one or the other. Now, yeah, Joel also has enlightened me with the history of like all this stuff. I've been aware of it, but he's told me plenty of times that normally these generations are six to eight years. So there's nothing really about this that's necessarily shocking. You can kind of just guess this based on the length of previous generations. And this generation started in November of 2020. So at least 2028 is just giving it kind of a safe eight year. I don't think there's anything too surprising about this. The one thing I will say is that uh, I mean, it's just interesting whenever to hear that there are there's an idea of a new console because we always I feel like the last two generations we've heard like, oh, this is the last one and there will just be minor updates. I definitely think that was a big energy going into PS4. That was like that was kind of the mindset. Well, actually, even people might forget that when the PS4 was launching and Xbox One was launching, people thought console gaming was dead, like in general, like. It's going to be soft sales. It's going to just be nobody's interested in buying a new console. We kind of meet reached our peak with the uh, PS3. And I was kind of feeling like that at the end of PS4 too, where I'm like, I mean, this shit's pretty solid. I mean, I don't really know what we got to do, but then the PS5 came out and I'm kind of, honestly, when I first heard that, I feel the same way now where I'm like, PS5's treat me right. 
I mean, I feel like we just got our PS5s. Like, it's only two years old, the console. So I'm like, shit, we're already talking about getting a new one. And we know that they're going to do the mid-generation update as well. So they're going to be a PS5 Pro, Xbox Series. Yeah, I don't know. I don't they got to do another letter or something. Series whatever, Z, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. Whatever the Xbox chooses to do, you know, whatever Phil Spencer decides he wants to do. But um, should, so we're going to get, you know. I was just going to say that, like, with the way that they have them named, just do it like cars. Have, like, an Xbox Series X Type R. <laughs> like, that's what it's going to end up being like. I want to say at this point, that'd be kind of fire. The AMG Yeah, Xbox. it's got, like, a red logo <laughs> on it instead. Yeah, so we're going to get the mid-generation update. The, you know, consoles coming on 2028 sounds about right. I think the only thing that would probably delay that is, again, like, you know, economic turmoil. But the economic turmoil kept the PlayStation 3 generation going on a little bit longer since this is since we're kind of going in a recession now at the beginning of the console's life. 2028 sounds about right when everything, you know, balances back out, starts ticking upward. Everybody got more money and then they'll buy all those new you know, Xbox, PS, PlayStation 6s and Xbox, whatever the fuck. Yeah, agreed. And then the only other thing I will say that I, I didn't decide to write it as another story here, but if people have been browsing various video game news outlets, there's an article that's kind of been circulating saying that amidst this discussion about the Activision deal that PlayStation said Microsoft's Game Pass has 29 million subscribers. The reason why I'm not going to fully go through that here is because it seems like throughout multiple articles playstation i guess has claimed that but that's an incorrect number but microsoft hasn't confirmed what the number actually is so the only thing i will really say out of this is that playstation and probably more specifically jim ryan continues to bitch and cry and just say like i think his it, the, his point of saying it might not have been him but the playstation's point of saying that was to say that they have so many subscribers that are more than playstation plus's version and that it's like a monopoly that kind of thing so just a lot of weird shit with that like i don't it's call of duty's not going to leave playstation for now at least or for a while so like i mean phil spencer has said it enough he's that claimed it, it enough yeah that's true but i think but the most the the point that really hones in that it's not going to leave playstation is the real important part where it's where the money co- starts oh, yeah. coming in he said, you can't make this type of game if you cut out the biggest player base. And that is 100% true. Because Call of Duty, as much as people like to bitch and moan, it's efficient, it's out, and it fucking costs a shit ton of money. If you look at those credits, all those people are getting paid. If you look at all the support teams that are behind this game, there's three to four teams behind every single game. That is a lot of money. I bet you that the development cycle of every Call of Duty has to be in the 250 to $300 million dollars. Again, including all the marketing, all the fucking crazy advertisements with like all the celebrities and stuff like that. So Microsoft can't support that alone with cutting off its bigger, biggest player base. All right. Absolutely. And well said, everything included. Yeah, agreed that they can't sustain it. And so we know that, especially with the idea that people that can subscribe to Game Pass tend to subscribe in at various prices. You can get in as as low as a dollar, right? So even if they give a subscriber count, we don't know if that subscriber account is going to be at full price or if it's going to be at a reduced price. So you can't really get an accurate measurement out of how much money they're actually making on that month over month. So thank you for that beautiful sound. So yeah, so it's confusing in that sense. But then again, it comes down to just, I think if they were going to do it, the only time that they would do it is potentially when people are going to need to reassess if they're going to change uh, systems, consoles. But 
Again, I don't really think that that's going to happen. I don't think that that's worth worrying about. We know that there are some speculations that Microsoft would have interest in in having a Game Pass kind of launcher on the PlayStation, but I don't see that happening regardless of how interested they are about it. And then other theories kind of talking about how when you think of Nintendo, you think of Nintendo doing its exclusives and not much else, and there being a theory that Xbox would like to make PlayStation similar to that, but of, of course they would. That's kind of a stupid theory. That's like, yeah, you would want your your direct competitor to be inferior to you. So that's not really too important, but basically we have our host back here and we're ready to move on, I think, unless you have more to say about this. Let me tell you something. PlayStation wish it was like Nintendo because I don't know if you saw that shitty-ass Pokemon game. Granted, Pokemon fans, so I can speak, I'm not speaking out of turn here, moved 10 million units in a fucking week and it's ass. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's true. So if PlayStation could be like Nintendo, they would love it if every single first-party game was selling 30 million-plus copies. But as we segue into the next story, the consoles hopefully will not be delayed, but we do know something will be. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you just got to sell your games at full price if you want to make money. I mean, it kind of makes sense. But yeah, so right. Moving here, we got another delay. This one's not so surprising. So Dead Island 2 has been delayed yet again. Dead Island 2 has been delayed from February 3rd to April 28th, 2023. Remember, Dead Island 2 was officially announced way long ago, back in 2015, has went through multiple versions and various studios. However, this final iteration, produced by Deep Silver and developed by Damn Buster Studios, was revealed at Gamescom with this date and a trailer. Now, following the delay, Dambuster Studios have also announced that there will be a showcase, which I think is fucking hilarious, <laughs> a showcase for Dead Island 2 that will take place on December 6th, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, that will be released on the official Dead Island YouTube. I say it's hilarious because they're delaying the game and then they're going to show a showcase when I don't really... What are you going to show? You can show some slaying of zombies, but I don't... I just think it's a weird thing to to do, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I'll probably watch it because we do this show, but I also think it's weird timing because that week I'm going to be thinking about the Game Awards two That's days That's exactly ahead. what I thought. Why don't you not just save your fucking trailer for the Game Awards? Because the Game Awards probably was like, we don't need you. That's what I think. You think? Especially with that timing. I mean, the Game Awards, bro, they'd be... They be- they be promoting some bullshit sometimes. I feel like a Dead Island 2 trailer won't be the worst. But hopefully this but year, Buster, this the, seems to be Dan better. Buster probably doesn't have a bag for the Game Awards, like you were saying, because I think you're absolutely correct. But you got to pay to be there, and they probably were like, well, we'll just release our shit on YouTube. Yeah. I get, yeah. I mean, that's true. But it is annoying, like we've mentioned throughout this show, is like these little mini events with the recent Silent Hills and Resident Evil thing. These little showcases for games is kind of stupid. I'd rather you just tie it into either a PlayStation thing, a Nintendo Direct, an Xbox, fucking whatever the fuck. I think it's called Inside Xbox. Is there, um, is there a little like uh, presentations that they do? So yeah, I'd rather have it there, or just a trip. Or I want my old E3 back. I think I think we're realizing that E3 was actually a better way to consolidate and just have all the information at one time ready. But I mean, it's interesting. The delay sucks. Does does that? Do you believe in Dead Island Two? Do you think it will be anything? Anything I'll say special? This. I will say so. To comment on a couple, of, 
yeah who do you voodoo bitch for real <laughs> throwback to dead island one excellent intro go dock in the night who do you voodoo bitch uh anyway that's one of the characters uh is good anyway so with with this the one thing i will say to add on to you is that with with it having a showcase similar to resident evil and silent hill is that it doesn't need to be padded right if i see a showcase and it's 30 minutes i'm gonna fucking laugh you don't have 30 minutes to show me so that's one thing the other thing i will say is the delay is negative uh, kind of just because it's a delay but i will say that this getting pushed from february to april means that there's a much higher chance i will play it because february is going to be packed but is so it april push- resident evil no resident evil is march Oh, okay. So, like, right before. You know, I mean, like right before, but February is a lot. February is crazy, too, so. especially with Hogwarts and other And this shit. is April 28th, and I don't think there's anything April-May-ish in that immediately pops into my head. And this mm-hmm. is one of those games that, if this reviews well, not even great, if this reviews well, yeah, I'd probably get it, and I'll play it and have fun with it. Because it, it's not offensive to me. It's probably just going to be, like, a funny zombie slasher and let's be honest, Dead Island One was ass, but you had fun with it. So I let's think not Dead act Island like One the, wasn't the worst, you know. I think no, people well, we were a little harsh of it. Yeah, that's true. We did have fun. It was buggy as fuck, though. That was of course. Yeah. Before it get here's the thing. Dead Island was actually the first of its kind. It was one of the first games to launch completely fucking broken in an era where that didn't happen a lot. Yeah. So they really paved the way. They were ahead of their time. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Dead Island is, an, is a visionary. The first game was, you know, just broke ground on May, on, the st- on the state of gaming right now, just releasing broken shit. And hopefully, you know, Dead Island 2 carries that mantle. It's a completely fucking shit fest when, you re- when it released. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I have interest in playing it. I think it moving to April like increases my chance of playing it. And this is definitely a game that's going to be hot on a sale. Oh, but absolutely. You know what won't be hot on a sale? what Zenimax is making in the background for the last four years. How do you know that won't be hot on a sale? I bet you it'll be free to play. It might even be. That's what I'm saying. It's not hot on a sale. It's free for, yeah, it's right. free wow, for the right, streets. Yeah. That's true. All right. So the Elder Scrolls Online developer has an unannounced project that has been in the works for over four years. Now, I didn't see this actually getting talked about from a lot of sites. So the Elder Scrolls Online developer has an unannounced project that has been in the works for over four years. ZeniMax Online Studios creative director Ben Jones mentioned the upcoming title in an interview with an implication that the game could be announced sooner than originally anticipated. He says the team has been working on this new IP for four and a half years. The unannounced project is also likely the same game listed in the NVIDIA leak as Project Kestrel, which was slated with a 2024 release window, which now seems likely given the dev time already in place. The same report also says that this new IP could be an MMO based in the Unreal Engine. Now, I'm assuming that if this is something that we might see sooner than later, I'm thinking either Game Awards or this summer is when we would see it. It's not something I personally have much interest in, knowing that I didn't really enjoy The Elder Scrolls Online, but it's nice to know that they're able to keep something unannounced for almost five years. I like that. I feel like it's annoying when... You know, developers almost announce games when they're like, "We well, we just drew the first piece of concept art pre-order now. <laughs> so it's good to know that they've had a lot of time with it already. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the most, like you said, the most exciting thing is that they've kept it under wraps. We don't really know what it is or what IP it is. Um, 
but you know and the nvidia leak being absolutely correct time and time again yeah at that point it's funny because we just keep on checking things off that nvidia leak and it's just like yep that came out that came out that came out that's announced that's announced so and we'll check even more of it off by the end of the episode oh wow well tease but um yeah i mean i'm interested yeah The, the mmo part of like games becoming i feel like mmos are coming back and i think it's just purely based on genshin impacts impact in the gaming industry which we will also reference a little bit later on in the show but i don't really know these mmos are kind of weird because i feel like mmos were replaced with live service games and now mmos are trying to make a comeback in a world of live service so it's kind of like they're similar, but they're different, you know? So I'm interested to see how the modern-day MMOs turn out and what they do to change from, like, the late 2000s, early 2010s MMOs. So, you know, that was about the past, Mark. Let's talk about the plus, future. Plus, I feel My like bad. with... with No, no, you're good. I feel like with MMOs, they haven't been able to successfully... At least what I think. They haven't been able... They haven't been successful on consoles. Mm-hmm. So they've been able to kind of hold their own in the PC space, but not consoles. But... Like I was saying with the NVIDIA leak kind of moving on here, some uh, more things that we can check off the list here is Ed Boon did a Q&A basically on his Twitter and has talked about future plans for both the Injustice and Mortal Kombat series. Now, these are not the most formal responses, but it is from Ed Boon himself. So I'm taking it as basically these are going to be the truth. So in the NVIDIA leak, Injustice 3 and Mortal Kombat 12 were on there. Neither of those are very surprising considering these are this has been the alternating series for NetherRealm Studios for the past decade. So that's not surprising, but nonetheless, still a confirmation. He started a Q&A and one of the first questions is what's the next game coming from NetherRealm Studio? An interesting response from him was that he said Injustice 3 or Mortal Kombat 12. Mm. I think that's interesting because Mortal Kombat 11 was the most recent release out of the studio, but that sounds like they're making both of these at the same time if he's saying it's one or the other. And Which is not both... what I imagined how development worked on this series. Agreed. Same. And so maybe they changed it a little bit and they'll have both of them moving forward. Um, but they were both on that NVIDIA leak. And then some other little little questions that he answered that are interesting is that basically he confirmed that horror guest characters will continue to be a mainstay for Mortal Kombat. He also said that these 3D era characters that are in like the PS2 generation Mortal Kombat so that we're going to see more of them, mm-hmm. which I'm excited for because you always get the originals and the classics, but you don't get those kind of more oddball characters that are there. Mm-hmm. And then Raven is likely to be an Injustice 3. He answered somebody's question saying that that will be the case. So I'm a big Mortal Kombat guy. Injustice is fine. It's not bad, but it's not super my cup of tea just based on the characters that it's based on. But again, NVIDIA leak, I mean, double check, especially with him saying this or the other. I mean, I'm curious how far they will release with that kind of statement from each. I mean, they would have to not be in the same year, I would guess. Uh, yeah, I think that would be kind of cannibalizing both audiences. I agree. But when did MK11 come out? 2019. So, yeah, three, four years. I mean, yeah, I guess it, I guess it's enough time to develop a new fighting game. But yeah, you know, I just... It is weird the way they phrase it because I always just assumed they switched off from projects. They would do MK, then Injustice, MK, then Injustice. I mean, I think that's probably what it's traditionally going to stay at. I, I think I, I don't know why he said or. I don't think it's going to change because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Injustice does sell better than Mortal Kombat, correct? Uh, correction, it does not. Oh, really? Wow. No, it doesn't. Mortal Kombat 11 has sold very strongly, consistently. 
Okay. So I don't think now now I am speaking about Mortal Kombat 11 selling a lot and selling consistently. I don't know lifetime sales comparison if Injustice has sold more or not. I just know that Mortal Kombat 11 has sold surprisingly well for them consistently. So I think that when I see him say Injustice 3 or MK12, I could see a situation where they're like, well, Mortal Kombat makes more, so do 12 before you do Injustice 3. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense. Um, I know you're excited. I'm not a big uh, fighting game fan, but you know. Here's my here's my guess. With this being said, my guess is trailer or announcement at the Game Awards and release by summer, one of these. Mhm. That's my guess. Were they are they big Game Time Awards? Like uh do they show up a lot or I don't know, but I know that normally from announcement to release it's not that long. Yeah. I mean, that that is a good thing about the nether realms is that they are quick with the turnaround obviously you kind of always know what they're working on so it's like not like wow that's crazy you guys are working on injustice 3 like it's kind of exactly. obvious but at least they're you know they don't fuck around and like tease you for like three years with like fucking trailers yeah because i mean especially with this it's like what's the point yeah the, i mean yeah it's just like get it in your hands how does it feel the roster the additional characters like you said the horror mainstays i kind of feel like have been the biggest pops in the recent recent for both for the last three mortal Kombat games right nine ten and eleven had them yeah nine ten and eleven all had them yeah like those are that's always kind of fun seeing the ridiculous characters that they put in the games Oh, yeah, and fun fact, too, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but Kratos was in Mortal Kombat 9. Oh, shit. Yeah, I remember that. That was fun. Good times. Um, But, yeah, so we can move on to something else that was important in my childhood um, as as, uh, grown up and done some shady shit. Yeah, speaking of Mark's childhood, hopefully he doesn't get arrested for it. Yeah, so... Uh, the Sonic creator, Yuji Naka, has been arrested for insider trading. Good shit. The, <laughs> there is a lot of details on this, but I think they're important because they, ma- they make it seem so obvious, like even to the people on the outside. So Naka is alleged to have bought stock in developer Aiming in early 2020 based on inside information that it would be developing a Dragon Quest mobile game, Dragon Quest Tact. At the time, publisher Square Enix partnership with Aiming on the game was not yet public, and Naka was working at Square Enix on the ill-fated platformer Ballad and Wonderworld. So he's working for Square Enix at the time already, prior to Square Enix saying that they're going to be working with this developer, putting like money investing in them. So I, was, I mean, that right there is like definition insider trading. Yeah, definitely. And so one you don't do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the Special Investigations Unit of Tokyo District Police Prosecutor's Office, which made the arrest, said that Naka had about. 10,000 shares in aiming for about 2.8 million yen, about $20,000, after learning about Dragon Quest Tact in late January 2020, before the game was announced. And so that isn't that much money that he put in there, but it was him and a couple of other people, and then they got a lot of it out. And so that's where it's like, again, him tied with the other people and how he has publicly like been working with them just makes it so clear. It's like, I don't know, how did you think you were going to get away with that? And you're kind of a public figure a little bit. Yeah. So it's like, I I don't even know what you're doing. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, honestly, this dollar amount, bro, this doesn't seem like enough to go to jail for. You got to up to $20,000. Here we go. Boom. So you wanted to up it. So Naka's arrest follows two other former Square Enix employees (laughs) 
who were earlier uh, charged with the same thing. Tasuke Suzaki and Fumiyaki Suzuki are said by investigators to have bought 47 million yen, about $336,000 worth of aiming stock between late 2019 and early 2020, after Suzuki learned of Dragon Quest tax existence in November 2019. Now, they sold their shares and profiting in the tens of millions of yen. So they made a big profit on it. And now the other thing that's kind of like, you know, just icing on top of this is that when Balan Wonderworld was released, he <laughs> gave a special thank you to these other former members who also were arrested in training. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just like so obvious. Like, what are you guys doing? They're trying to like be like rub their nose in it and be like, oh, look, special thanks. Ha ha. You don't know that we're doing this. But that Battle I mean, Wonderworld sucks. And then, yeah, Battle Wonderworld sucks. But also, you're like, bro, y'all don't make enough money. I mean, you guys are high up at these fucking companies. You're fucking risking your whole goddamn career for a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. Crazy. Real. I mean, they have to be clear. And I would assume, like, you know, nice six figure jobs, low seven hope. figures. Like, I mean, but I mean, I don't know. Honestly, reading this story, I was like, damn, I might go to Japan and ball out. I mean, $20,000 is fucking 4.7 million yen. I'm about to buy a house in Japan. Keep yeah, on fucking the prices me. are just a lot. So I don't, I don't know if it actually, if you would go over there and it would be like high purchasing power. Cause then your money would just translate into that, but the prices are still going to be like insane. Yeah, like it's like a house, like a billion yen over there. <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna get like like a like a Toyota Yaris, right? Like a really low end no, one. It's gonna be an insane price tag. If I'm going to fucking Japan, I'm getting the Toyota Century. I gotta get that oh, yeah. that custom made shit. True, I feel that. I feel that. But um, yeah. So yeah. just 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 really obvious. You know what I'm saying? First of all, don't commit to crime. And if you're gonna commit to crime, don't publicly be like, "Yo, thanks to the people that you're doing it with." You gotta at least like have a family member do it on your behalf. Like, come on, I gotta think a little. Like, they did like no like, extra yeah, steps. Like, just bit. so like little, so blatantly like, hey, Four. we doing this fucking special things, Battle Wonder World. Fuck y'all, we making money out here, and then now you got all caught up. Or you could make a good game and just get paid the bonuses that come with that. That's true. Probably if you make a good game, it sells well. You make the bonuses for the game selling well instead of like ass Balan Wonder World, which had famously reverse draw distance. And famously gave people attacks from the epilepsy. Good. Like there's flashing in that game that's so intense that that's uh, something else that it's known for. That's great. That's yeah. So <laughs> you did all that for a shitty game. I mean, that sucks, Mark. How do you feel about that? You know, your childhood, your childhood hero. Honestly, you know, Craven I mean, it's Sonic. just a, it's just a funny way to write it. I don't give a shit. You know. <laughs> He's a co-creator. Somebody else created it too. It's not really like there's any. Does he kind of not get the main there. love? Who gets I don't the think main he love? Gets the main love. I, I don't know because who cares? You're not a real Sonic fan. Well, yeah, that's. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that being a label. It's no, I'd rather you be. A, I'd rather you be a real Sonic fan. It's funnier. Nah. It's you did buy than... me a Sonic T-shirt. Did I buy you a Sonic T-shirt? Yeah. What? Are, that's what I'm saying. You don't even remember. I don't remember anything. Yeah. I'd be getting you good gifts. I don't really have to remember anything. Well, I wasn't that. saying that that was one of the good gifts, but that was just you trying to proclaim me as a Sonic fan. You are a Sonic fan, and I do get you good gifts, you punk-ass bitch. You didn't even remember that you got it. I'd be forgetting, bro. I'd just out here oh just, my God, just forgetting. I'd just, I just be supporting everybody, you know what I'm saying? What I are you saying, forget. bro? Why you got money? You be doing something you shouldn't be doing? I got insider training, bro. I mean, I'm, I'm up 10 million yen. But, um... 
Speaking of, uh, you know, investing in Asian markets, Sony is investing further in Chinese development programs that found games like Genshin Impact. So this is also a doozy as well. But this program that Sony has uh, kickstarted will invest more than 1 million won, which I believe is the Chinese currency, which is the equivalent of 140 thousand dollars in each of these games that are enrolls into this program and BioBo, sony's director of china game production said that the scale of the third phase will far exceed the previous two adding that sony will publish some of these games and its playstation studios will support enrolled projects this is and the reason that this is the third phase is because this is a continuation of the china hero project in which 17 titles have already been supported and seven have hit the market uh, this investment has poured. Uh, this this investment Sony has poured into Chinese development has been a big success for the company. And having Genshin Impact be exclusive to the console, and Genshin Impact has been uh, the most profitable game for at least last year, I believe the last two years. And Sony has also sold more than 3.5 million PS4 units in China which is kind of a shocker to me. I didn't expect them to sell that many units and is currently sitting at 670,000 PS5 sold. And then also Jim Ryan stated in this uh, Reuters uh, article that he plans to sell more than double the PS4 3.5 million units in China's in China and hopes that the investment into the gaming scene would help them reach their goal. So it looks like Sony is trying to, you know, get into the Chinese development scene Genshin Impact was a great, you know, great uh, risk for them to take, you know, with really being like the main supporter of that in terms of being exclusive to the console. But uh, what do you think about this, Mark? It's a little scary. I also didn't mention, I didn't write it in the notes here, but uh, Balbo also said that they're trying to get at least 10 more of these games with this program out. So Sony's big on the 10 of whatever they're working with, but... They range in all types of genres, by the way. They're not specifically these MMOs. I think that it is fine. I don't really have many negative opinions about it. I know that when we think about Chinese gaming entities, we're thinking about Tencent and NetEase, which we'll talk about later, making their way into other projects, kind of sinking their fingers into places that like they don't need to be necessarily. This, I think, is kind of a little bit different. If it's Sony investing into it just so that the games kind of come out, I don't think I have really any issue with that. I mean, people love Genshin Impact. I've played it a little bit. It's not necessarily for me, but it is a good game. It looks very good. It plays well. It didn't seem buggy when I was free. playing it. So it's free, exactly. So I don't really have... I, I kind of think it's only a positive thing. I don't really know what the negative comes out of just more games being developed. I think it's more so problematic when it's the reverse, when it's a Chinese entity that's kind of like coming and taking over different production companies in different countries. I think that's a little bit more scary than just there are some developers that live there that want to make games and Sony being like, hey, we'll give you some cash. I do say that the way that they say, you know, we'll invest more than 1 million won. 140k's chump change to PlayStation. It's good that they're investing. I'm not saying that it's not. You don't know how the dollar, like you know, like, like I know true. the dollar is particularly strong in international markets now, so that might go a longer way over there. But still, it definitely, like, like you said, it's not a 140k. It's, just, it's, it's, it's the lot. wording. You know yeah. that they wanted to be like, oh, we'll invest more than one million. I bet you they were like, all right, well, let's make sure it's just above a million so we can yeah. say that. But yeah. 
regardless, hey, I think it's a positive thing. I don't I don't think it's negative. You want to have PlayStation be, I mean, PlayStation growing as a brand. I don't think that really hurts us. So I think it's cool. Yeah, and that's something Jim Ryan harped on with the, you know selling more PS5s. He just was like, we want to make it a global gaming brand, which it already is. But obviously, China is one of the biggest markets because of the population. The only thing I have an issue with is just like, you know, Sony getting more invested in China. I just hope that the censorship doesn't travel into other projects within the company. But this seems a little bit different because they're not dealing with a big entity that's tied to the government. These seem to be more smaller one-off gaming studios like you were talking about. Developers just making games and Sony kind of giving them that shot to, you know, give them their production. Like in terms of like, you know, PlayStation Studios support in terms of like how to make a game properly market it properly put the like polishing touches on it and make you know make big boy games i mean this would be completely different if they were like the next spider-man is going to be developed in china that would be different but this is just games that are probably going to exist anyway but now they're just given a boost to come out you know what i mean so that's how why i don't see it as even the censorship and stuff like that i i agree i wouldn't want censorship in games that we're interested in per se but these are games that I at least me, I would be completely unaware of. So yeah, and hopefully but you, like know, you get were something cool and indie does. from it. That's what yeah. I'm. That's really what I'm thinking about. It reminds me of the PlayStation and the PlayStation Three early PS4, where like the PlayStation loves indies kind of energy that they were coming with. Hopefully we we can get back to those roots. We saw that a little bit with Stray with them pushing game that, of the so. year contender, game of the year contender Stray. So my ass. So hopefully, you know, we can get more <laughs> indie projects supported by PlayStation. God, not everybody played fucking Sifu. Nobody cares about it, right? It's the best hey, fighting whoa, game of the year. It's the what? best fighting game yeah, of the but, year. No, no, no. Where's that coming out of? Why we got to be hateful? Because why are you hating on Stray? I mean, it's fine. Did you even what? play Stray? I did play it. You beat it. I did not beat it. That shit's like an hour and a half long. That tells you it's not game of the year. You couldn't even sit down for like a short movie's length of playing it. And Sifu being put into a fighting game category is horseshit. It's just what it is, all right? It's a fighting game. You do combos. You particularly did tell me that you were good at the game because it was similar to a fighting game. I told you that doing combos. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it is a fighting game. You know that. But but what other fighting games? What other fighting game? Let's go ahead and break it down. You do not fight another player. Thus, it is not a fighting game. It's as simple as that. Fighting yeah, games, you're you're fighting another player. That's it. Technically, all games are no. fighting games when you think no, about they're it. Because you're always no, no, fighting no, no, no. somebody. That's it. No, no, no. Easy. You don't fight another player. It's not a fighting game. It's very simple. You're fighting right. computers and you're playing story. There's hand-to-hand combat and combos are a big part of it. That's what I said was similar to fighting games is memorizing different moves and how they combo into each other. But it's not a fighting game. I did yeah, say that those elements were like a fighting game. Doesn't mean it is a fighting game. There's no need for stray to catch strays, you know? There it is, is though. And I'm 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 uh, you know, I feel uh I feel like giving you slack for it is appropriate considering you have I was surprised you didn't even finish it. I platinumed it so I can at least be like I know that it's not game of the year contender. Yeah, but as you know, it's, it's fine. It's like easy platinum. I could do I have that. I can get that whenever I want to. Like I but got you that don't want to cuz it's not a game of the year contender. I'm just busy right now and I have a lot yeah, of, you know, I got to dedicate yeah. my time. I'm running a, I'm running a podcast, you know what I'm saying? You know, trying to make going go on. for bronze, the best yeah. PlayStation podcast. I don't got time to be playing fucking shitty ass 
I feel that. Well, games that take a lot of time we're going to talk about right now. So we talked about earlier that The Witcher 3 will be getting a next-gen update here coming December 14th. So CD Projekt Red has detailed a little bit more further what will be in this next-gen update. So they say that it will feature dozens of visual performance and technical enhancements over the original, including ray tracing support, faster loading times on consoles, and a variety of mods integrated into the experience. In terms of visual updates, it said that the product will feature improved screen space reflections, improved foliage, better textures, plus FSR 2.1 and DLSS 3 support. Now, this is what I actually thought was interesting, is it also include an alternative camera option that'll bring you closer to the action, not that, a photo mode, not that, (laughs) quest fixes, not that, here it is, and DLC inspired by the Netflix series, including a new quest where you'll be able to get diagrams for new equipment for Geralt. Geralt, whatever. Probably said it wrong, right? How do you say it? It's Geralt. Geralt? Alright. Geralt Olivia. What I want to know is, did you watch all The Witcher on Netflix? I watched the first season, and then I didn't really finish the the second season. I didn't start it. And then now I'm not really uh, motivated to even continue the series because we saw that uh, Henry Cavill's leaving it to be Superman and is going to be, you know, be gone he's not in season four he did finish season three so he's in season three and uh liam hemsworth is going to replace him which kind of sucks and i also heard a really better way to handle this from somebody at work where it's like they should have just done or not was it it wasn't even maybe it was at work or maybe it was a podcast honestly you know life is fusing within itself but uh they should have just done a time jump and made it an older actor to make it make more sense but they didn't do that. They just chose to keep it more modern and stuff like that. And But also, the Witcher producers and writers seem to actively dislike the game and the, the source material of the books. So that's kind of weird. Well, and they wouldn't change their writing because the theory is that Henry Cavill left because he knows the writers weren't really into it. So it wasn't that yeah. they're going to change the story so they need a new actor or even scheduling conflicts with superman he kind of just was like i'm out so i agree with you though a time jump would make sense but i bet they're like well we already have this season written let's just get someone else but i mean the next gen update does sound sound very meaty very good very gamer first you know free update gamer first first, and there's a lot of good shit for free so that's how they should start marketing games yeah gamer first edition gamer oh no now you're That's fucking it. It up now you made it evil in corporate because the gamer, gamer first edition is, is gonna be 120 dollars. that's better than director's cut oh i don't mind the director's cut i haven't director's... played any of them but i haven't i don't mind them that's true we actually i haven't played any of them either but that should tell you then that like well don't, you know it's not the director's cut the director's cut is already out yeah it's the real game yeah but I, I'm excited for this because I'll play this. And I'm adding more shit like that gives I mean makes me more excited to play it. Yeah. I'm just I'm more excited for the you know the frame rates. The Netflix series quest, I'm pretty sure it's probably be like a quest or two, nothing too crazy, but you know. The visual improvements and hopefully it's not gonna improve like the gameplay mechanics, but it playing smoother would just make the game play better. So I'm excited about it. But looks I like we got though- what? With the new quest, have we seen a game get an next gen update and actually have content? Not just. I mean, technically, director's I, director's edition of Ghost of Tsushima gives you Kiki Island, but not for free. We get that's to pay what I'm for the for update. Free. Oh no no no! That's what I. That's what I'm saying. Like this is you're getting Witcher 
as a free update with everything and actual more content. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Outside of Cyberpunk, I do think CD Projekt Red has treated its fans I think so. pretty solid. I agree. This is coming but, off of us talking about recently Cyberpunk is getting a paid DLC. Can you believe you have to pay for an expansion? Totally yeah. makes sense. I mean, yeah, that make I mean that makes sense, yeah, like you said. Absolutely. But uh we so, got a little bit more Witcher 3 news. Yeah, I said we were going to circle back with Netties. So, The Witcher 3's director, his new studio has secured investment from Netties for their debut game. Rebel Wolves is the studio co-founded by The Witcher 3's director and art director and is currently working on its debut title. The company's debut title is described as a triple-A dark fantasy title built with Unreal, 5, Unreal Engine 5 for PC and next-gen consoles, which is being planned as the first part of a saga. And they say, in quote, funding provided by NetEase was the last missing piece needed to go full throttle. With resources available to build a world-class AAA game, we can now focus on what matters most, development. NetEase has become a minority partner, and Rebel Wolves will remain independent and keep ownership over the new IP. And if you want to see concept art, they did release a concept image for this game, which still doesn't have a name. So... It's cool, right? It's cool. More Witcher. More games, yeah. Hopefully it's good. Uh, CD Projekt Red, like, you know. You said more Witcher. This isn't more Witcher, like, actually. It's just a different game? It's a different studio. So the director from Witcher 3 and the art director broke off, made a studio, and they're making their own new IP. I saw Dark Fantasy title and I thought Witcher, but yeah, I might bad. And it says first of a saga, so I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm like, it doesn't even sound like you broke off because you wanted to do something like really different. It sounds like you're breaking off and making a direct competitor. It sounds like they want they broke off that Netties broke off that bag for them. They probably got paid out the ass to leave CD Projekt Red. They had already done it. They had already huh. broken off before Netties. So they had broken off and they just hadn't really started on this yet. And now they got investment and they can begin uh, development. So okay. they so had already that. broken off beforehand. It's just now they're saying that they can actually really get into it. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, hopefully it's good. New game. Like you said, new games, new IP. Hopefully it's kind of not like, you know, like basically a Witcher adjacent. I know Dark Fantasy, but hopefully, you know, they can have different themes and give it a different vibe and stuff like that. But, you know, more games. More games, the better, you know, new IPs. We love them. I think go more gothic. I think you go gothic with it and Mm -hmm. that would be, that could be good because I think if you, something that I feel like would be good is if you made a game that is, you know, Witcher style, which probably will be right. RPG elements, that kind of stuff, but make it, if you make it look like Bloodborne ish, I think that could be nice. But yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely ways within fantasy that they can make it different because Witcher is pretty like a uh, traditional fantasy, I would say, for the most part, like Lord of the Rings type shit. Yeah. So anyway, more new IPs. I think that's that's cool. I know that there's always a lot of discussion that like new IPs are dead. I think that you're not going to get a lot of new IPs out of like existing prominent studios. Mm-hmm. But there's a, it sounds like there's new new stuff coming out of, you know, other places. It's just giving new teams a try. You just need also like when heads leave big companies like you know rock city uh the heads of that studio are leaving once suicide squad comes out i'm pretty sure i'm interested to see what they're making because they probably don't want to make something with the dc licensing and stuff like that so you know when these people break off that's when you kind of can get the new good shit but then also also just to argue myself 
Sometimes they leave these big publishers and don't end up making shit, Ken Levine. Which I'm Ken Levine is supposedly working on something at his studio, so yeah. So hopefully, yeah. So you know, sometimes the publishers, you know, Whatever it's a he's tricky relationship. New IP, though. That's true, but I'm saying it's a tricky relationship sometimes with the developers and publishers. We tend to lean on the side of developers, but sometimes the publishers put that fire into your eyes, like, "Hey, we gotta make money. We gotta make a game. Yeah, fucking sit around for ten years, bullshit." Yeah, it's that thing that artists talk about, regardless of if it's a musician or a director. It's that you have time with a project, and being the creative force behind it, it's tough to know when to stop changing it. And like you're saying, sometimes you need a producer to be like, "Yo." It's we good. Need a deadline. We need to release it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to change the font on the fucking title <laughs> and then never release it. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, I want I want Ken Levine to release that shit too. Come on. What are you doing? That's true. But yeah, new IP, that's fun. But uh, speaking of old IP, speaking of old IP, and speaking of the only thing moving faster than me this week would be uh, God of War Ragnarok, the first party smash hit from PlayStation Studios, the game that has been that Mark has been broken to play. It all circles back. And the reason that this game has been broken for Mark is probably because it's been in the hands of the most people in an opening week for a first-party game with selling 5.1 million copies. And the previous record holder for this in the first-party family was The Last of Us Part Two, which sold 4 million in a week, which I do want to circle back to that point later. And uh, despite this hot start, though, for the sequel, there is a lot of ground to catch up with the 2018 God of War, which is currently the best-selling first-party game at 23 million copies sold. Mark, do you think that the reason this game sold so well is why it's been spoiled for you? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, absolutely. That's 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 that thing where, oh, I mean, more people have it, more people can spoil it, more people are talking about it on the internet. All, yeah, all of that's absolutely true. Yeah. But I wanted to circle back to The Last of Us. The Last of Us sold 4 million copies in its first week and is at 10 million copies Sony announced earlier in this year. So you're telling me it only sold 6 million in between its first week and its whole lifetime? That's kind of a, that's kind of pretty low, if you ask me. Especially when you look at God of War, Spider-Man. Those are, I know Spider-Man is probably in a similar boat, maybe in the 18 million because the way they talk about Spider-Man is they combine Miles Morales and Spider-Man. So they say that the Spider-Man series is sold 33. They don't give individual numbers. But, you know, these other two games that kind of released around it sold a lot more than The Last of Us, which I thought was kind of shocking. Yeah, I'm not too surprised by it. I'm not too surprised by it because I think that God of War, Spider-Man, they're much more casual games. Not to yeah. say that, like, there's a barrier of entry to play. Last of Us, it's not necessarily difficult or obtuse to play. That's not really what I mean, but I don't think that general population is as excited. So I would say a majority of people that are hopping into Last of Us Part 2 are like, okay, I played Last of Us 1 and I'm really excited for this or, you know, I love Naughty Dog, so I'm going to play it. Where God of War, there are probably a ton of people that played 2018, but I bet there are people that are just like, yo... God of War Ragnarok is getting crazy scores and I know what Ragnarok is. I've heard of Thor. I bet you there are people that are playing this just because of that kind of stuff. So I don't think it's really that surprising, especially when God of War Ragnarok, you know, or just God of War in general. Yeah, it, it appeals to more people and a more casual audience because they can either be there for the story or they could just be there for like crazy action. That's true. 
But uh, what do you think about God of War selling so well? The Rag- Ragnarok activity is, it, I think, it's cool. a positive side for Sony. You know, yeah, selling for games. S- all their first party games are been for selling sure. great this year. And again, talking about the the with it cooling off for me because of spoilers, I still love the game. I still think it's fantastic. I would buy it. I would recommend it to everyone. So yeah, I mean, it's a positive. I have really nothing negative to say. I think it's awesome. I mean, now I'm. It's good to see this studio just getting more support as being a fantastic studio because again this is just adding to our pantheon now we have sucker punch we have naughty dog we know sony santa monica is going to turn into great stuff so it's nice to have reliable studios i think that's one of my favorite things and it also challenges the other studios like there's a little like who yeah because there has to be in comp there's a competition between them because it's just human it's natural where like naughty dog was clearly like top dog playstation 3 era and early ps4 but i feel like it's kind of it's faltered i do think that last of us part two is probably maybe the best first party of last year or last gen i'd have to think about it but maybe i do think i did like part two more than um god of war and spider-man and ghost of tsushima but that's what i think death stranding would be the only other one that i would kind of have to think about but yeah. it technically wasn't first we, part. It's the second party. I know, but we just we just played it after, also, yeah. so we didn't think about it during the generation. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. Like I said, it's good to have another studio. I still think that there will have to be a little bit more done or a change in IP for me to believe that Santa Monica is firing at the same cylinders as Naughty Dog. My thing with Naughty Dog is still just that the amount of games they've released at the consistent quality they have. And I think I could be wrong, but I feel like we're moving into a little bit of a different era too, where I want to know a little bit more about how many support studios are going into other games. Cause we know for God of War Ragnarok, it was Sony Santa Monica, but they had eight support studios also working on it. So it's like a monumental effort to make sure that the game is like where it needs to be. I think that that's more of a recent thing in terms of studios revealing that. I think that all these studios have had a shit ton of support studios and now people have Twitter accounts and are like, Hey, I worked on this game. I want my fucking credit. Yeah. So I don't think that Naughty Dog wasn't utilizing support studios and it was just all, but I, I think that most of these studios make the groundwork and then whatever has to speed up the, you know, the processes. And that's why I think a lot of like the purchases they've been making with like uh, Nexus and uh, what's uh, Jade Raymond studio Haven, I believe Haven. Haven. So yeah, these other studios, Blue Point as well. These like studios that we, you know, we're gonna work on your ports. We're gonna help support online infrastructure. To purchase a Bungie was to you know get their knowledge of how to make online games. So I think that their PlayStation is making purchases to streamline the process of making games, which is hopefully translates to us getting fucking quicker games because we do need. I need all the first party studios kind of working at that insomniac pace because if they can do that, then I think that I mean PlayStation is gonna be fine. They're the best-selling console right now. They've been the best-selling console for like every single generation. They've released a console except PlayStation Three. So, and even at the end, they ended up selling more units than 360. So they're fine in that aspect. But uh, these long gaps sometimes in games, it's kind of scary. Not knowing really what the future is. It be outside of Insomniac's projects with Spider-Man Two and Wolverine is a little scary because you're like, oh, it's going to be a dark time. We're just going to get a bunch of these shitty online games. I need these other first-party games to be pumping out good shit. You know what I will say? I will say that this makes that slightly less scary because if this is the fastest, if this is the fastest selling first party game, then that will affirm to them that like 
you you can't forget about this style of single game. player yeah now i will say for anyone out there who you can be critical it's totally fine not a god of war but i'm saying you can be critical about playstation's main games and them having a certain flavor to them totally fine criticism is good just know that if you start being completely negative and being like these suck that you can lose them forever and i think it's better to have a variety than rather to just lose them but also people are still gonna buy these and so like money is gonna talk so if people are buying them they're gonna stay yeah definitely i mean yeah, I think your exclusive keeps your fan base or keeps people to your console because they just yeah. know that they can only get those games there, you know? I think For that's sure. what Xbox has really been struggling with in terms of, like, their Always. exclusives are not sticking. Like, they, the, when they did the best is when their exclusives were hitting the best. Like, 360, all three Gears of Wars were fire. All the Halos in that time period were fire. So, you know, I think you PlayStation know, knows where their bread and butter is. You know, you know it's something it's else that I don't... And I, I mean, I could totally be wrong about this, but some uh, an angle that I haven't heard that much is that something that I'm just thinking about now is when I think about PlayStation exclusives versus like PC exclusives or just other brands in general, is that the narrative focus on their exclusive, I feel like leaves a lasting impact on people. Like you're going to remember when you play a story that resonated with you or a certain story beat that was crazy stuff like that more to dissect yeah and when you think of microsoft they you know i'm not saying that they have some great exclusives but they're normally more multiplayer based and stuff like that and that's more forgettable you play it with your friends and then it was like okay that was a good time but you're not really going to remember it but when you think about playstation exclusives you're like yeah okay damn i remember playing god of war for this story or last of us or uncharted i like these characters ghost of tsushima oh i remember sly cooper way back in the day like so I think that they do a really good job of making memorable exclusives, and I think that's important. I think Xbox could learn from that specifically. And they don't even have to be the same kind of styling, because I think no. even Returnal is a game that not a lot of people... It didn't sell well, obviously, but everybody who did play it, like it's kind of stuck with you. It was a, it was a memorable experience. That's another thing, though, with, with it not selling well, and it's a fantastic game, is when people complain about there not being variety you are you there is variety you kind of just have to play it you have to try Death it stranding those other here's the thing is me and joel were talking about this yesterday we actually got into a really deep conversation about it but one of those things is there's a gameplay barrier but if you're really interested then go do it a lot of these games like returnal is very difficult and death stranding is different but that doesn't mean it's not fantastic so mm-hmm. Just keep an, you know, keep an open mind. Go out there, try new things, play different styles of game. You never know what you could enjoy. Just, I, I guess I'm just speaking for. I'm, I'm sure that most people listening aren't like this, but to people who, you know, like to be keyboard warriors and complain and say everything is bad and everything's the same, I guarantee you there's something out there you probably haven't tried. That's true. I mean, that pushed us to trying new shit in like the PS4 generation. We got into Yakuza. I mean, that's probably we played so many games. We're like, well, fuck, this has been around. Let me fucking try it. I got into Final Fan. I played the Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm not really. I'm probably the most. I like JRPGs the most between the both of us. But I'm mm-hmm. still not like a huge JRPG guy. So you kind of have to like you know sometimes go outside your boundaries. Not everything is difficulty based, like Mark is saying. There's just other forms of games you can play too. That you know you just you know there would be the indie titles as well. So, you know, just explore, just try when you're getting tired of the same shit you're playing or you feel like everything you're playing is the same. There's there's something out there that's different. And I do think that the subscription services 
are good in that aspect where they give you a lot of options without having to like, you know, fork out a cash. I think that it is good for people to have that so they can try more things, but you're also not going to get as many different games because if you don't buy them, then there's going to be no incentive for developers to make them. So try them on those services, but if you like them, just know that when you buy a game, that's how you're going to get more of it. So if you want Mm -hmm. all your games for free and cheap, then don't expect anything quality. Uh, Mm Because eventually the quality will drop. If you're like, I'm going to play free games for the rest of my life, okay, well then don't complain when you get six free-to-play games a year and you don't get anything else. So just just things to be aware of. Yeah, like like you said, it's a good sign that God of War Ragnarok is selling so well just because it kind of reassures Sony like, oh, all right, we can still make money here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's not. The, it's just not the infinite money that you could be making with those free to play games. You know. That's yeah. It, just... won't, it won't last forever. That's true. Exactly. But, but they release um, it on PC. It'll get another pop. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that's definitely how God of War hit that twenty three. I want. I would. I wish they gave a breakdown of like what was PC, what was console. But I mean, that game sold crazy. We hope, hopefully God of War Ragnarok sells crazy. Hopefully all good games sell crazy. Hopefully all good games sell crazy. I agree. But uh, Mark, what do you have anything else? Do you have any closing thoughts as we wrap up this episode seven of Go for Bronze? Um, I think the only thing I will say still talking about game selling and the positive aspects of that is that I'm happy to hear that Elden Ring is still one of the top selling games of the year. Just mm-hmm. that it is a game that is excellent and very different and it's nice to hear something competing other than just the standard ones that you always do like i cannot wait until the day when grand theft auto is not in the top to be honest five specifically right like if they release a new one i get it because it's new but you know just i mean play, who hasn't bought it yet just, i know but just play different stuff you don't know what you'll find so that's true but also you know it's funny i know where i was wrapping <laughs> I was wrapping up the show, but Justin sent me an. My bad, I had a hiccup. I got to make a lot of noises with my mouth. All right, relax. But uh, I'm sorry, I got defensive. Yeah, man. I was like, I didn't even say anything. I just made. I a saw face. your face, though. I saw your face. You they said didn't even know what you were yelling at. But um, uh, Justin sent me something that said that uh, people who replay the same game over and over again is apparently a good uh, mental health uh ha- like habit. It's good for your. It's good for your overall health. Playing the same game over and over again. So, playing Fortnite is apparently good for you. Well, I'm sure that I'm sure that playing the same game gives you some kind of like relaxation, being comfortable in another world. But I don't know. If, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's it. Did it say like it's the extent of like playing the same game for ten years, or is it just you know, saying like playing it multiple times? Because a couple playthroughs, I could see that, but. Okay, let me read this real quick from as we end. Uh, renowned psychologist Neil Burton told Huffington Post, nostalgia can lend us much needed context, perspective, and direction, reminding and reassuring us that our life is not as benign as it may seem. It also tells us that there have been and will once again be meaningful moments and experiences. So I guess it's kind of like this. I guess it's the same thing as watching the same movie you like mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So what it's he's comfort. saying is that we should be excited about remasters and remakes. That that'll be actually what we're saying here is that Horizon Zero Ugh. Dawn remake, Horizon Zero Dawn Part One will be good for your mental health. I wouldn't go that far, but I mean it makes sense. I wonder if uh, these, I wonder if corporations are playing into the psychology factor of making money and remaking shit because that sounds like something that like would be yeah, good for marketing. 
Absolutely. I think, I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. But um, just buy something with a name brand attached to it because they know people blindly buy it. Exactly. So as the world crumbles and remakes and nostalgia and, you know. But the other stuff is out there. Play it all. The other stuff is out there. It's dying. We're all dying. I don't know if it's dying, though. We're dying. We'll be in the ground, but I don't know if those are dying. Clearly, there's some investments going around. That's true. You know, you can play free to play games. And on a positive note, PlayStation is great. Go for bronzes is great. That's true. Fucking listen, subscribe, and we got this bitch. The Go for Bronze podcast is a production of Go for Bronze Media LLC. Always striving for. Hit us up on Twitter at Go for Bronze Pod, Instagram Go for Bronze Pod. Stolen my dreams. That's right, we have. You can check us out on Twitch at Go for Bronze Pod. Also, our YouTube channel at Go for Bronze. This is the big dog. Till next time.